You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, good friends, and welcome to another episode of the 10,000 Lamps Podcast. I'm your host, Kai Radke, here, as always, with Julian Andrews. Julian, what's up, dude? Usual, but doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Um, It's like these weekends go by so fast. We're recording this on a Sunday night, um, and it's like, where does time go? Especially in the summers, like in Minnesota, where... um, like everything just books up and then before you know it, like we're going to blink and it's going to be like mid October. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. Trying to, trying to enjoy the summer as much as you can without, um, you know, without like, I, me- I remember my old roommate used to always say this, that like when the weather's really nice, you feel guilty for not going outside a lot. But by mid August, he was always super burnt out of that. And it was yeah. like a really nice day and he would just sit inside and watch TV shows. And he's like, I'm just like so sick of feeling guilty for, for needing to be outside. I'm not at that point yet. I, I, I like being outside. But I, I also understand. don't feel guilty when I don't go outside. Sometimes it's hot. Sometimes you got yeah. shit to do. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, I agree. And this yeah, this whole next week is supposed to be really hot. Um, you didn't come here for the weather, probably. I hope not. Because if you did, well, that's some bad news for you. Um, we want to thank our good friends over at DraftKings. Um, we don't have a read this week, but um, I, I think just overall the partnership with them has been great. And um their free pools have been fantastic i guess i just checked my account i won like five dollars from the home run derby and i and then i inserted that five dollars into a uh five dollar contest for the last playoff game and i lost but Mm. i could have won so um those have been a lot of fun but put lineups in um you know and and if you haven't if you haven't used DraftKings yet uh when you sign up if you do minimum of five dollars um, DraftKings will give you a little extra extra if you use the code TBPN. Um, so use that and it, it reflects well on us and, and hopefully it gives you a shot of winning some money. With that, uh, Julian, we have a fun podcast today. Michael, I don't know how long this is gonna gonna last, but we'll see. Um, so basically we're doing 10 questions. So I am asking you five questions, you're asking me five questions. Um, this is, I'm, I see our sheet open right now, but this is the first time that either of us have seen each other's questions. Um, we'll just kind of alternate, but these are questions that are focusing on next season and like this off season, like mostly mm-hmm. this off season, but some questions going in for next season about like trades, free agency, um, and that other stuff. So, um, and, and just for, uh, programming notes, we had one episode last week. We're having three this week. So um, expect today's to look at like this off season in the future. 
We'll have another podcast this week that'll focus on the finals and probably we'll do our card corner in that one. And then we'll do another podcast focused like pretty much strictly on the wolves um, and, and kind of what's next for them. So uh, Julian, um, I guess, you know, hopping into Timberwolves news, I have a question for you. Um, the Timberwolves currently do not have a single draft pick in the 2021 NBA draft due to the D'Angelo Russell trade. Um, do the Wolves end up with a first round pick um, in, I think it's two Thursdays from now? No, I'm going to say no, they will not end up with a first round pick. I would even go so far as to say that, what was their pick, top three protected or top yeah. four protected? Top four, yep. I was going to go, I'm going to say like, yeah, there's even a chance that if they had had a top three pick that they would not have ended up with a pick in this draft. I, I think that Gerson is so desperate for his job probably that he is going to go into full win now mode. And I don't think that moving into the lottery to select probably like another kind of developmental piece at, at, at the place where they'd be able to get to with the assets that they have uh, is going to be, on in the cards for him at all so i i think there's almost no chance i could see them i could see them sliding into the like late first round if somebody's falling that they like and seeing kind of a you know maybe a couple of future seconds and a bit player for pick 25. um i don't think there's any chance that they end up with a lottery pick yeah, I think you're right. I think that's. I, I think I could see like a second round pick or maybe like maybe a first round pick. But I think if they use a first round pick, they might use it in the similar realm of like the Balmero pick, where he just like comes over a year later. Because mm -hmm. we forget that he's coming over. And then um, if you just look at their roster from last year, they had Nas or uh, sorry Anthony Edwards and McDaniel's were rookies. But then the year before that, the rookies were Nas Reed. Uh, Jordan McLaughlin, Jalen Noel, um, and Jarrett Culver. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's, that's just a lot, a lot of youth. Um, yep. all right. Uh, all right, Julian hit me with your question. All right. Uh, pretty simple. Do the nets or the field win the championship next year? I'm going to go with the nets. Um, and I, like the odds are probably against me, but I just think that if, if, Kyrie, it, it just seems like the like the odds of Kyrie and Harden getting hurt mm -hmm. at like the same time, and like they still almost won that series on the back of KD. Um, and then like you get a full off season with Harden being able to like implement himself with this team. Um, I don't know. I I, I, I like I, I just really like what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and like this is no disrespect to the Nets or, or sorry the Bucks or the Suns. But if the Nets were in the finals and they were healthy, which I know like shoulda, coulda, woulda, because nobody's healthy and blah, blah, blah. But even if they have like two of their three stars, I think like it's Nets in five. Like I don't think it's particularly close. So do you think though that – I think that that is largely true, except I think if something happens to KD, that changes. Because I don't know if a Harden, Kyrie, and the rest of the Nets team is yeah. that to me. Yeah, but I mean – I. I mean that's that's probably true, I guess. But like, if you're just saying like the lineups, like yeah, like true, like everybody's healthy. Let's say right, yes, um, right. That because like I mean Durant was a. You're right. Like I don't think like I probably am not as bullish on them if if Durant is hurt and it's Harden and Kyrie. But I still probably like them coming out of the East. Mm -hmm. um, 
quite a bit. So yeah, yeah, I, I'll, no, I'll take fair. the Nets. Like I think they'd be probably the odds-on favorite. And then I think out of the out of the West, like I don't like you know it's hard with and, and we'll talk about like Kawhi in a little bit here. But like the, if like if Kawhi's not healthy, and then like are the Lakers the favorites out of the West? Like I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I, I think it feels like the West is wide open. So that's fun. Um, but yeah, give me give me the Nets, and I'll, I'll actually I'm interested to see those odds after these finals are up. All right, Damien, or us, Damien. All right, Julian, this is close to your hearts, and I'm sorry. Um, is Damian Lillard on the Portland Trailblazers next year? I'm going to go with yes. I think it seems there. You is don't a think one. the well is poisoned? I do not. Um, well, I think it might be, actually. <laughs> don't drink it. <laughs> don't drink it. I, th- I think, I think uh, if, if you ask me, if I, I think Olshay will be the GM. Mm-hmm. At the start of the season, I think that's more of a 50-50 to me. I think and I hope that Dame will be on the Blazers next year. I completely understand why he's not. It's Olshay's fault is the is the short story. Um, but I think that this is kind of – I think what's happening now is kind of a throwing down the gauntlet for next year. Yeah. I, I think that if the Blazers are not good again, if the, he doesn't see the changes that he needs, then next summer he's gone. But there is a lot of time left on his co- current contract. And I know that like superstars have all the leverage, but I don't really see Dame as somebody who's going to like sit out. And I don't, I, I would hope that the Blazers would not just like trade him for, for nothing. Um, so, and I think that like Dame, no matter what the situation with the leverage was, will fetch a pretty high trade price. Um, but at the same time, like, I just, I don't think the timeline is that bad. So what it, as a, as a guy who grew up a Blazers fan, um, like what would you need to get? Like, let's say that Lil- like Lillard's going to be traded, um, this off season. There's like no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like mm-hmm. what trade package is something that you'd be happy with. Like, uh, does, it, does, it, does it need to be like an equal, like, are you looking for like an equal player in return, like a Ben Simmons swap? Or are you looking for like, hey, let's get two young players and like seven first round picks? Well, I don't think Damon Ben Simmons is is an equal swap, first of all. No, but I mean, like if it was like-, like I see what you first, mean though. Yeah, like three first round picks and Ben Simmons. I'm, I'm saying like you're getting- Yeah, stuff. right. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, no Dame trade would make me happy. I don't think there's a scenario in which the Blazers like win a Dame trade. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I like yeah, multiple firsts and a legitimate young star, Carl Anthony Towns and three firsts. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um. No, I think like. Oh man, I don't know. I don't know. That's tough. I it's really hard for me to think about that. I don't know like that any trade would make me happy because there's just like you know it's like very few players like Dame in the league. Yeah. So you need like a large collection of assets. Um I hope that the move they go is trading CJ for and something. Mm-hmm. For like yeah. Bradley Beal or something. You know it, like it, I I don't know. It feels like that's the thing. Like I mean I think what you do is you mortgage your future on mm-hmm. bringing anybody in to help Dame now. Like if you yep. go to the Wizards and you say, "Hey, we're, we'll give him a column and we're, we'll give you three first round picks," like give us Bradley Beal and what are like, you basically, waiting for? Exactly, just like, and yeah. basically make a team say, "Like 
shit, like we can't not do this trade, um, like for whoever it is. And mm -hmm. then next year, if like, if you suck and Dame wants out, well, I mean, the way first round picks are flying around for stars, like you're going to get those first round picks back. And you um, tried. Like, yeah. So that's, I guess that's a, I mean, this is a conversation probably for another podcast, but like the, the frustrating thing with Portland, it's similar to like Minnesota during his KG years. It's like, yeah, they did this Cassell Spreewell thing and they, they were close, but you never felt like they actually like put all their chips in. Like they were kind of like hedging their bets all the time of mm -hmm. like, well, we're, we're a homegrown team, but also it's like, well, yeah, but I mean, that's great. And the, and these NBA finals are not a great example of that. But it's like, well, that's not how we're going to do this. So, And the year after they went to the Western Conference Finals, instead of, like, they made that team worse. And they let all those guys go. like, And, like, didn't really get much for them. It's like every time Neil Olshay tries to, like, rebuild around the edges, he fucks it up. Yeah. You know, where it's like, instead of, like, seeing okay that team was really close let's bring back some role players and then mortgage our future to get another star they said oh what we need to do is change the role players yeah it's like no those guys were fine like seth curry like alfred community like these guys like aren't like great players but like they did well so anyways i could talk for a long time about this maybe we will if dame gets traded yeah um, we could <laughs> but here's here's my next question for you so phoenix obviously on this kind of i would call it a dream run to the finals with the last three games uh you know, it seems like it seems like a long time ago they yeah. won going up 2-0 in in the finals. Um, and not that not that I not that I'm saying they're out of it. Like they have shown an ability to kind of be resilient and they play better as the underdog. And Chris Paul, maybe he's not maybe he's not dead. Um, do you think Phoenix will be a top three seed in the West next year? It's a good question. Um, I'm going to say no. Um, and it actually probably has less to do with Phoenix than it does the rest of the, the, the rest of the West. Like, for example, like, I don't know if like if everybody's healthy and all things considered, if like the Lakers are healthy and the Nuggets are healthy and Utah's completely healthy, healthy with like Mike Conley and the Clippers have Kawhi. Like, I don't know where the Suns rank out of that. Um, mm -hmm. And again, like we've said it before, like you can only beat the team that's ahead of you. So it's, this isn't a knock on, on the Suns. But then I look into next year, and let's say you bring back Chris Paul. Like, he's not going to be better at age, like, 36 or 37. Like, I think Aiton and, like, Bridges and Booker are all probably going to be better. But mm -hmm. I also think, like, so are the Warriors, and so are the Lakers. Like, they'll be healthy. And, mm -hmm. um, like, we'll, you know, we'll see with the Clippers with Kawhi, and it, like, if he comes back, and then if he does come back, like, if he'll play. Um, but then the Nuggets are getting Jamal Murray. Like, I just think there's so many question marks. And also, like, the fact that we're next year we're heading into a season where they're starting like normal time and here we are in mid July. Yep. And like, they're going to have to like these and like Devin Booker's playing in the Olympics. He's literally going to have like two months off of basketball before starting again. So um, I'm going to yeah. say, I'm going to say no, but like, I'm still like super intrigued by Phoenix sure. future, but um, I, I would say no to a top three seed. I think I'm probably with you there. I do not think we're going to look at a situation like we did with the heat this year where they just like weren't very good. Like I think the Suns will be really good next year. And I think Devin Booker is kind of proving that he belongs in yeah. this like Luca Trey, like these like, re like maybe I don't want to, I don't want to say Giannis necessarily because he's a two time MVP, but like these kind of like future stars who are going to be 
you know, he'll be a top 10 player. He's knocking on, he's knocking on that door. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that that's promising, but I'm with you. I think it's just going to be tough. All right. Uh, we talked about him. Um, I think we've mentioned him twice already. Uh, we got news, I think maybe late last week that it was indeed a torn ACL um, for Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers. And I think they called it a, like a partial torn ACL, partially torn. So I don't know if that still means like it's probably like a nine month timeline or if that means it's shorter, or, you know, whatever. Um, I mean, the, we, we can talk about the situation in general and just like how everybody kind of knew it was a torn ACL, but nobody talked about it. And now they confirm it after the fact. So I haven't, I haven't read enough, I guess, about it to, to understand why. But um, Kawhi can opt out of his deal this this offseason with the Clippers and um, whatever. Um, do, do you think he opts in or do you think he or I guess there's three options here, right? He opts in. He opts out and then re-signs with the Clippers, or he opts out and signs somewhere else completely. Yep. Well, I think there's two ways for him to play it. And the first is to say, I am not necessarily a young player. I just tore my ACL. I'm not that he's old. Mm-hmm. Um, I just tore my ACL. I'm going to get as much money as possible. And the other way is, I'll say this. I do. I think, yes, he will be on the Clippers next year. Okay. Um, I, I think he, I do not think he will want to go to a different team and finish his rehab. I think, you know, I think that when yeah. you see guys get hurt, typically they stay. So probably that means he'll opt in. I could also see him doing something like opting out and signing another two year deal with the Clippers. Yeah. Um, I don't see him signing a super long term deal with a different team. If he wants to stay in LA long term, I could totally see him opting out and re signing in LA. I did not see him opting out and signing a long-term deal when honestly, like his leverage is the lowest he'll ever be in his career. Yeah. That's a good point about the injuries. Um, like le- leaving a team that knows the most about your injury and they've done all the, you know, the checkups and the research and all of a sudden like going to a new team um, seems weird. And like, I think from another team too, it's like, it's, it's just a little like it's scary. It's, it is scary. Cause you're, you're like, you think you know the severity of the injury, but then once you actually have them in, you're like, oh, maybe, maybe not. Like maybe our physical wasn't what we thought. Yeah, I think, I think, I think he does end up with the Clippers again. Um, probably won't play next year, but um, I think, I, I could, I think that's, I think you're right when you say the like opt out and sign like another one and two, like you know, one, one and one. one. Yeah. yeah, like where he has Just like, like defer the decision. Yep. Yeah, like worst case, like worst case scenario, the ACL is just not where it needs to be and it ends up taking longer. Well, then you could still opt in and you get $60 million over the next mm-hmm. two years. Um, now, if the Clippers want that is another question, but, it, but uh, you can't say no. If you're yes, Clippers, I, right? I don't think you have a choice. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question for you. Does Utah, this we're going to stay in the West. Does Utah ever make the finals with their current core? And I'm talking like Mitchell, Gobert, Conley. Yeah. I'm going to say no. Um, and even if we like extend that to just Mitchell and Gobert, yeah, you can take out Conley if you want. I think I think no too. Um, yeah, I I just have a tough time thinking that. Like I think Mitchell could like he is good enough to be in like that Devin Booker talk too, um, but I think I don't. It, it's hard because like you know, one part of me is like, well, this, I mean, th- they are very San Antonio Spursy where they have just so many plug and play guys. And like Quinn Schneider has just done a fantastic job there. 
Um, but I think like for me, like the biggest thing is they definitely need another, they, they need like another offensive star. Um, and it's hard when Gobert, like he's getting paid so much. He's a max guy. And uh, certainly he's great defensively, but he gets kind of run off the court in the, in the playoffs and offensively, like besides just like running to the rim, I mean, he's almost a, like, he doesn't really do anything. Um, I agree. So yeah, I'm going to say no. And like the West is so good, like where we're going to look back and I don't know, like, I don't know if Gobert is like a hall of famer, but he's like, right. He's made all these, like all defensive teams and whatever. Um, but like when it actually comes to like impact on the court, I feel like out of the centers in the West, like if you look at like Davis and Aiton and um, Jokic, like I just feel like the least confident, like the last guy that I'd want on my yep. team would probably be Gobert. This um, has not been a good playoffs for, for the Jazz. Yeah. Just because seeing Aiton and uh, Booker too, just like kind of take a next step and like Mitchell's really good, but wouldn't you put him closer to like Jamal Murray than you would to... Booker. Booker at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably. I mean, but it, I mean, it is fair. Like three months ago, those three were kind of in the same conversation. That's true. That's true. So, we, got, we do have kind of recency, recency and like, bias. Yeah. And like, I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that. I mean, that's a good question. I just think that they, we'll need, <laughs> they need, yeah, they just need somebody else. And like, I think Mike Conley can be that guy, but like, I think tough, this though. this was the year where it's like they needed calmly to be healthy in the playoffs and like with with point guards like that as they age like health health really isn't on their side. And this was kind of the year to catch lightning in a bottle. Yeah, but I do think like the Quinn Schneider coaching stuff. I you know I was reading some stuff like you know with Quinn Schneider be on the hot seat. It's like no, I think like Quinn Schneider is easily one of the best coaches in the league. Um, yeah. Speaking of coaching, there has been a lot of moves in the West or sorry in the in the NBA this year as far as like new coaches um like all over the place and i honestly don't even know if i can keep track of all of them but um julian for you what was the best coaching hire uh what what, what was the match that you liked the best hmm. i'm just looking at a list now um well there's a couple that I really like. I think Carlisle to the Pacers is mm-hmm. is good because I think I mean we know Rick Carlisle is a good coach. Um, clearly, there's some funny stuff going on in Dallas. Yeah. Um, I really like the Udoka hire, honestly, mm-hmm. for the Celtics, and I think that uh, I don't know if this counts, but the Hawks making Nate McMillan official, yeah, that was really good too. So I think those three all kind of stand out to me. Yeah. I don't know a ton about. Wes Unseld Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know. I think what I was most excited about for, like, coaching was, um, like, as much as the like the Jason Kidd move, like, just kind of, like, bummed me out in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think, like, I'm most excited for, and, like, we talked about, like, the Chauncey Billups stuff that mm-hmm. certainly there's, like, some stuff that happened, you know, 20-some years ago that, I don't think people were aware of and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like it doesn't make the, the hiring right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but I, I guess what I'll say is I really enjoyed the fact that we had new hires come in that weren't like Rick Carlisle deserved to have another coaching job. Um, but like Jason Kidd did not. And I think we see a lot of times these coaches that were just like coaches for like, it happened to Dave Yeager, like where it's like, he just like kept getting head coaching jobs and you're like, like, 
maybe why? he's just like not that good of a coach like yeah. Luke Walton yep. too it's like well I don't think like he's very good um so it, it's nice to see like these young coaches get their first opportunities and that's like unselled and um you know and like even Bill Ups right where mm-hmm. um you know and then in, in, in Boston too so I, I like mm-hmm. that I, I like like new blood and like certainly yeah like, me too there, there's going to be some failures and like some guys won't be ready but like it's at least better than like, at least we're getting experience to like new faces in the league. Totally. I, I agree. I think it's, it's nice to see. I think it makes the league better to not just have the same dudes cycling through all of the coaching jobs. Um, yeah. I thought the, I think the Billups hire has obviously just handled extremely poorly by the Blazers, but in, in kind of the macro having a lot of new coaches, I, I agree with you. I think that's, it's a really good thing. Yeah. All right. I guess it's my turn. Um, okay. So we keep talking about the Lakers as if they're kind of this like juggernaut that was taken down by injuries. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering if you think that's true. Like were the Lakers really done in by injuries this year or are they just not as good as we think? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's like both guy, like, I know that's like a hedging and it's not, no, fair, I get it. But like, so I do think that they were like, I like it's it's hard to be like, oh yeah, like I think the team certainly still would have lost if LeBron is a hundred percent and Anthony Davis is a hundred percent. Like those are two of the top like six players in the entire league, probably. Um, yeah. But I will say, like outside of that, like the Dennis Schroeder experiment sucked. Like he do- doesn't seem like he fit in very well. You look at the rest of the team, and it's like, ugh, like. I just don't like the, their team like at, at all. Right, exactly. Um, like yeah. outside of those two players, I have a tough time. Like, y- you know, you look at the depth on, on some of these teams and um, you know, it's, it's like this in every finals where there's like certain players that you feel like shouldn't play. But for the Lakers, it seemed like there was like six out of the eight guys. I was like, eh, like I'm, I'm not like quite so sure about this. Exactly. Um, I feel like that every time I watch them, it's like this guy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, moving forward, I, I, like certainly, I think people when the Lakers won in the bubble, I think everybody was like, "Oh man, like they could win the next like two or three titles." Like they look so good. Um, I I would bet that they don't win another title with LeBron no, on, it, on, on, the, on, on the team. Like I think, um, like unless you're able to, like the the only way around that is if they pull like the ultimate like Lakers Yankees like it's swap Kawhi comes. Or, or they like they they put together like a weird trade package for like Lillard, or like mm-hmm. they somehow get like Ben Simmons, um, without having to give up like, you know, what up? Like they basically totally. get a third star by giving up like seven first round picks in like Alex Caruso or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I so to answer your question, both. But I think like we're we're angling on the side of like this roster is probably just not very good outside of those two. I agree. All right. Um, my last question for you. Um, there's obviously been a lot of talk of uh, the, the, the like the Team USA, like what's going on there. Like Kevin yeah, Love, we going, all made yeah. <laughs> we all made fun of like Kevin Love's on the roster, and well, it turns out Kevin Love's not on the roster anymore. Uh, he opted out, and like Bradley Beal uh, is out now with with like health and safety protocols. Um, subbing in is Keldon Johnson from the Spurs, who's a fine young player, and then Javale McGee. JaVale McGee, Olympic athlete. That's what everybody... Still, still going, JaVale. Yeah, so... Um, and, and obviously, they lost to Nigeria, like, uh, I think, last week in, in an exhibition. But um, 
the Olympics are starting here in like a month um, or a few weeks, I guess. But does Team USA win gold? It's a tough one. Well, first of all, I think Nigeria is just maybe better than we were giving them credit for. Um, because they, who did they go on it? I think they then beat Argentina again or somebody, um, or I, I don't know exactly what happened. Um, um, uh, does USA win gold? I got to say yes. I got to go with the talent that they have on that roster. But it's really difficult because those guys are all so exhausted after like such a brutal NBA season. So many injuries. So many of them had to carry such big loads for their team. Mm-hmm. Um it kind of is difficult to say yes, but it's also feels feels not smart to say no either. Um, but then again, the vibes are just kind of off. You know what? No, I'm going to go no. I don't think they're going to win it. All I right, don't know who you, is. But he, no. Julian Andrews hates America. Yep. See, there it is. You've heard I it here waited first. until after the 4th of July. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what matters. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't know. I am kind of looking forward to watching them a lot. I'm pretty worried about the COVID in the Olympics. Yeah. Yep. It seems I don't know, man. It seems like it's not really going in the right direction. Yep. I no, I agree. I think, we'll um, yeah, I think overall, I think that's a big fear. Um, okay. Last question of the night. Who is the best like sneaky free agent this year? Um, or you could name a couple. No, I'm not going to let you name a couple. You got to pick one and then we can talk about other ones. Um, but like, so kind of taking kind of the, people who've made all-star teams off the list. Um, unless there's somebody who you feel is sneaky, despite having been an all-star. Um, who, who do you got? Yeah. So I have one and I was actually trying to look for unrestricted free agents. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm actually going to give you a restricted free agent. Cause I don't know if this team will match it, his offer. Um, and it seems like just like public, like the, the public perception and overall feel for this player um, I think his, I know what you're going to say. Um, yeah, so his name is Laurie Markkinen from the Chicago Bulls. Um, and last year, uh, he only played in 51 games, but he averaged a career low, 13.6 points, 5.3 rebounds. Um, with that, he also played a career low, 25 points per game. Um, and then you know, what I will say is he shot a career high 48% from the field and 40% mm-hmm. from the three-point line. So I think... When he got into the league, I think his first two years, he was like 16 points, eight rebounds per game, this three, like this, like Dirk Nowitzki type. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's what everybody thought. And I don't think that's him. I don't think he's going to be that good. But it certainly doesn't mean that he can't be good. Yeah. Um, and the Bulls have Patrick Williams now and they have Vucevic. So it seems like they've kind of moved on from whatever it is marketing's going to give them. So um, I don't know what he's going to sign for or like, who's going to give him an offer, but like I could see him getting good minutes on a good team and being like a guy that we totally forget about. And then it's like, wait, Lori marketing just signed a four year, $60 million deal. And yeah. he's a starting power forward on, you know, the 76ers or X team or whatever. And, yep. and everybody's like, Holy shit. How did that happen? So, um, yeah, I, I like I like marketing. Who nice. who's yours? I, I don't know if you've, you've looked. Um, I mean, recent. Reggie Jackson, is certainly going to get overpaid. Um, so like, that's the difficult thing. It's like, well, he's making two and a half million dollars this year, but he's definitely bound to be overpaid, but I think he'll, he'll be good. Um, Tim Hardaway jr. Yeah. Um, certainly going to get maxed by the Knicks. Another, another player who's definitely going to be overpaid. So I'm like kind of hesitant to say they're sneaky because I think they'll probably end up being bad deals. 
Um, I don't know, Patty Mills. <laughs> Spencer Dinwiddie actually is kind of one to watch. That's uh, yeah, I was, um, I, but he was kind of on my short list. So I kind of, I'm really curious what's going to happen with him. So I could see him not wanting to go back to the Nets. Um, yeah, and he was a very productive player for a long time. So we'll see what happens. But no, I think yeah, I would say watch what happens with Spencer Dinwiddie. I think Markman's a really good call. Um, I think gotta see what happens with Lonzo Ball, right? So yeah, like that's, that's another guy who kind of is under yeah. the radar a bit right yeah. now. Does he stay in New Orleans? Like, and if he doesn't, I think then there's like, you have to kind of rethink everything there and like mm-hmm. what your identity is there. So, um, yeah. And the thing is, it's going to, it's going to happen fucking fast here. Like, I know. Like it's like in like two weeks, we're going to like kind of have an idea of like where everybody's going and it's going to be, going to be weird. Nemanja Bielitsa. Yeah. Everybody's favorite. <laughs> oh. Smith. No, that was fun. It actually like it, then that kind of prepares me. I mean, somebody else. Um, Rishwan Holmes, Rashawn Holmes, yeah, is an unrestricted free agent. I didn't realize that. I'm just scrolling through this list. He'll he'll be good on the team. He's good. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that um like not like your top tier guys necessarily. Like DeRozan's oh, probably DeRozan's yeah. probably like the top player, like as far as like what he'll get paid or whatever. But um. There are some interesting names and certainly like room to get teams better. So, all right. Um, sweet, dude. That was fun. Um, yeah. Maybe we do that again before. So, yeah, a quick rundown again of this week. Hopefully on Wednesday, um, we'll either know if the, like, we'll record on Wednesday. We'll record after the, after game six. So, either we'll, the Bucks will be the champions or we'll be heading to a game seven. So, if the Bucks win, if the Bucks win, maybe we'll 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 have like a, a Bucks fan or something on to talk about like their season and mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Um, and if it's if it goes to a game seven, maybe we maybe I don't know maybe we do the same and maybe we bring in in like a Suns fan or like a we'll, we'll figure it out. I don't think um, any fans will want to talk to us if we're headed into game seven. No, it's the, that's, the jinx fear will the, be a lot. That, that's yeah, they, the ten thousand layups jinx, the classic jinx. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna do a. We'll probably do a card corner combined with that. I don't know if we're gonna be opening any cards, um, but we'll. we'll I, I got a bunch of cards back from PSA recently, so nice. um, we can kind of showcase them um, and, and kind of talk about like new products that are coming out and blah blah blah. And then um, later this week, we'll dive into the Wolves and like their off season with the upcoming draft, kind of where they are sitting and, and whatnot. So um, yeah, you guys rock. Thanks for listening, Julian. Thank you, man. Peace. Awesome. Talk to you guys next time.